Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. The recovery from Hurricane Ian continues. In this episode, we'll hear from officials in Sarasota County about the impact of flooding, power outages and wind damage, the ongoing rescue and recovery efforts and what the community needs now. First, though, WSF reporters have been visiting storm-hit communities across southwest Florida and talking with residents about their experiences over the past week. We're going to hear some of those conversations, beginning with Ashley Aliaga, who is riding a bike around San Carlos Island, just a bridge away from Fort Myers Beach. Aliaga was looking to see if people needed help and stopped to talk with our reporter Jessica Mazaros. How long have you lived here? Nine years, almost ten. And have you ever seen anything like this? Never. I've never, not even Irma, nothing, nothing. It's, it's, it's horrible. The destruction that's around here, when we even tried to flee our house when we saw the water surge going, but water came from everywhere and we couldn't. We were lucky neighbors took us into their second floor. So, Wow, can you describe what, um, what it was like when the water started coming in or what the storm was like when you were in your house? It was just horrible. Like you could hear the 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 roof was like you know coming out, and you could hear everything. You could hear stuff bumping into the house. Um, we were very lucky, you know. I think God really took care of us and and guarded us. And when we tried, when we saw the water coming in, we got really really scared. And I have a cat, so I was super you know feeling responsible for the cat. So I was like, okay, well I have to take it. And like imagine how people with kids felt. And we tried to help the family right next to us who had five kids. When they saw us leaving, but when we tried to leave, we couldn't. The wind was still super strong. The water was coming from everywhere, and we just had to go to the neighbor's second floor because otherwise we didn't know what's, what was going to happen. And what was your reaction the next day when things settled down and you looked around? Oh, we were in shock. There was no other reaction to have but in shock, you know. I mean, um, like I said, you know, like we were very blessed that our houses were in, like, the condition they were. Yeah, we lost we, it, there was flooding, we lost part of the roof, but nothing compared to everybody else around us, you know. Um, and, like, like the material things don't matter, but the people do. And that's, you know, that's what hurts the most, to see all the damage around. That was Ashley Aliaga speaking with WSF's Jessica Mazaros on San Carlos Island. In Benicia Springs, Mazaros met Jason Crosser, who sat outside what was left of his classic video game business just off of Benita Beach Road. Uh, the name of the store is 8-Bit Hall of Fame. So 8-Bit was like the uh, what I grew up on, the original Nintendo. So that's where the name comes. And then Hall of Fame because it was just everything from the 70s all the way up to the, the PS5 new stuff. So. Wow. And how much inventory is that, do you know? Uh, I had over $2 million in inventory. And it's so it was really, it was a big, everything. Like, I opened this store nine years ago, and it's, I started with my personal collection that was pretty small. And, uh... I just kept building and everything. I, the community really like took took me in and the video game community in the area and everything I was making from it. I was kind of just putting back into the store over the years and just building and building it and and it all. The building was submerged underwater and it probably nine tenths of it floated away. So yeah. Wow. And um, you were mentioning about uh, some of the neighbors or people residents here. What did they witness with your with regard to your games? Yeah, so across the street is a uh, big condo, and they uh, 
they we saw in the news yesterday that they took a picture of the or not yesterday the day before when the actual hurricane started it's all a mess all a jumble in my head but uh we were watching the news at like three like when it started and uh they said there was a picture on the news and my wife paused it and she said oh that looks like the building and it was a the the, the store building and the the water was already three feet up and the, the storm surge hadn't even hit yet so then they um the neighbor the people across the street in the condo said that when they'd look over the whole building was submerged underwater so wow did they see some of your games floating around yes yeah so uh so everybody's been walking by yesterday it was big yesterday because they were everywhere and a lot of people have picked them up since then but they were a mile what are we at mile east and a mile west so there was games all the way a mile west all the way down to the beach and a mile east all the way up to like 41 just everywhere and i had this huge like wooden heavy tv frame that i built that had three cubes on top and three cubes on bottom where i had tvs so when we do tournaments and people could watch and that we when we got here yesterday i was like oh the whole thing the tv thing's gone it was so heavy and it's down the street when we left we saw it down the street and one of the the old tube tvs you'd play like duck hunt on with the gun is still in the thing somehow so yeah. wow i'm so sorry how how are you feeling right now just numb yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah, it, it kind of comes and goes and hits me. Like when I was driving to work this morning, or driving to the old store this morning, uh, we, were, my wife and I were talking because like all my like this is how we bought our house and everything. So and we were talking, I was talking about uh, money and like we had all these tickets to go to like places in Tampa and Miami, like shows and concerts and stuff. And I was looking up how I could sell the tickets. And then I saw one of them was, like, at night on Black Friday. And I was like, oh, well, I can make a lot of money on Black Friday because that was a huge day for me. And then I completely forgot that the store was gone. So, yeah. Do you think that you'll try to rebuild? Um, I don't have – and there's nothing left because everything here is was submerged in salt water. So we – yesterday we opened some of the, the systems and the games just to see how bad the, the circuit boards were and the motherboards. And they were already all rusted from just a day. So um, I used to teach history before I opened the store. And I'm from Iowa, so I think I'm going to move back to Iowa for a couple of years and teach and just see and get some money built back up before and then maybe open another one, but I don't know where. So. Wow. Um, what was your favorite game that was lost, do you think? Uh, my favorite one to play is probably Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World. So I just saw the Mario stuff, yeah. And was all were all of your games here? So were some of them at home? Were you able to salvage some of them? No, uh, oh, yeah, everything's everything was here. So yeah. Jason Crosser speaking with WUSF's Jessica Mazaros in Bonita Beach. Hurricane Ian hit farmers hard too, sweeping across vegetable farms, citrus groves, and ranches. At Dakin Dairy Farm in Mayaka City, owner Jerry Dakin told WUSF's Kerry Sheridan that the hurricane destroyed three of the farms' open-air shelters. We've got eight main buildings that holds the cattle in here. Every one of them has has got damage. There's three of them that is completely gone. The roofs, the steel beams all here. I mean, we have some insurance, but the challenge thing is with the inflations of all the materials that's gone up there. It's it's it's. I'm at a point. Do I? What do I do here? Because 
this industry has just not been the greatest industry here in the last couple of years. We we was uh, with 360 dairy farms in the state of Florida three years ago. Then now we're down to 52 dairies, and and we just don't. You get to a point, you know, where do you where do you position yourself? There's a lot of work to be done here and everything. You know, all our fans are, are down, the coolant's down. We've had over 250 animals that have died here. I've, in my lifetime, most I've ever lost maybe 10 baby calves or something. I have never lost this many animals. My brother's down the road, he's well over 300. We've never seen something that's so stressful on these animals. It's unbelievable. What did they, why did they die? It's just the, the stress. I mean, we, you know, working cattle in cow pens in hot time of year, you always work in the morning time. People don't realize the stress that all the wildlife and all these animals outside has taken. I mean, I've got cattle, uh, there's birds dead in the field and everything. The biggest thing for me is I didn't realize a hurricane that stresses the body and animals so much. Plus, you're around these animals, it must affect you too. You're taking on the stress of them. Are they dying of like heart attacks or they just keel over or what would happen? You know, the, the, the thing was, is amazing, is there was ones that just, the, the smaller animals out there in the field, green fields, that we put them all out in pasture because we didn't want buildings to fall on them. But they were just laying down cow, cow fashion style where an animal was supposed to live. I thought they was all looking good until about 8 o'clock, it's getting hot, a little bit warm out, and they weren't getting up. And that's when I discovered them. When I left at 8, 7.30 that night, they was all along the fence here, you know, they're up on high ground, and uh, I just, everything looked, you know, I, I was kind of saying, but you know what, the, you know, the animals, they're, they're along the fence line and stuff, and they seem to be holding up well. And then when I came back in it, three o'clock in the morning there's all still there and laying down and stuff and and there's there's 120 head of animals in that group and 30 of them died that wow. they, they were still they're still there I mean uh, is what do you do with them you have to bury them or? yeah bury them the, the, the state's helping to bring an incinerator in here to um, to incinerate them you got to get them away from the other ones we're piling them up and we have to dispose of them. Uh, we just we're so overwhelmed with everything else here. Mayaka dairy farmer Jerry Dakin speaking with WUSF's Kerry Sheridan. Among those displaced by the floods in Hurricane Ian's wake were Northport residents Cynthia and John Royds. They evacuated to a shelter at Venice High School, which is where reporter Kathy Carter spoke with them. It was frightening. Um... We had concerns because we live on a on a T street that a street comes right at the front of our house. And my husband and I, for four hours, stood out holding our garage from blowing in so that our house would be saved. And the dog, she was so good. She just waited for us to come in and check on her. But that... And then we could tell that the storm was starting to pass and we could breathe. We watched huge pine trees break off out through the window. It was just the most unbelievable thing I've ever experienced in my life. 
I never want to experience it again. It was awful. For people who are not from this area, can you explain where in Northport um, that particular neighborhood is? Uh, Northport is, um, it's just off of the Tamiami Trail, Route 41. Um, we are a block up from where Sarasota and Charlotte County meet. Um, and we live on a beautiful street with lovely neighbors that we try to support and try to help out. And um, there's canals. Uh, there's canals all throughout, man-made canals all throughout Northport and a lot of other towns. And that's one of the issues with, with flooding. And you have flooding even when it's, you know, yeah. a, a rainstorm sometimes. And we're not, we're not even in a flood zone. And right now I think we're in a, in a, in a red zone because of the fear if, if there's any more flooding. We have friends that are surrounded by water. There were people that were just brought in here by airboat on from Sumter Avenue that couldn't get out and uh, it's it's devastating what do you want people to know uh, about what's happening in your community um uh you know sometimes the, the 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 news will focus on you know the coasts because i think mm -hmm. people maybe in the national media think oh coast water but um what do you want the community to know about um you know folks that live inland on on inland bodies of right. water and, that and northport is a very large town by square mile or square acre i don't know how they judge it but it's a it's a really large town they consider it a bedroom town there's families and older adults and singles and it's just a really beautiful community, and everybody tries to work together. I mean, it has its downfalls like everything else, but it's just a really nice place to live. And when you said about the sunshine, the sunny day, on Thursday, the sun was out. There was a beautiful breeze, and it was like we could all kind of breathe a feeling of relief. And then nobody showed up. Nobody even rode down the street to check on us. And if somebody did, they didn't even make eye contact with us. So, you know, he kind of felt alone. And I still feel alone until I got here into the door in here and everybody was so welcoming. Uh, being an older adult with something like this happening uh, is very stressful. Uh, it affects you mentally, physically, and it's just very emotionally draining uh, to see, you know, what you have possibly go down the tubes, uh, either flood or blow it away or what have you. And the thought of having to start all over again at 75 years old is just devastating to you. I wouldn't want to have to go through it. A lot, a lot of people in my neighborhood had trees go through the roof. They're going to have to do a lot of rebuilding. Uh, the interiors of their homes uh, were soaked from the rain. And uh, they are in the same age bracket that I am. And I just feel so bad for them that they got to go through that stress. And uh, deal with insurance companies and what have you uh, is another headache. And, 
it just can go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you know, there's just nothing that can prepare you for something like mm-hmm. this, right? No. no, no, I don't think so. It was totally frightening to me. Like my wife was saying, we spent four hours in, in the garage, uh, bracing up the garage door. We had hurricane windows, hurricane doors. We had a hurricane fabric on the lanai. And that all held up wonderful. But the garage door took a, gra- a direct hit with the wind. And uh, it was in and out, in and out. And then we had the car up against it. Everything else heavy in the garage up against it. And it, it was <laughs> very stressful because if the garage door went in, the roof would have came up after that. And uh, then the house would have been a total loss, most likely. Northport residents Cynthia and John Royd speaking with WUSF's Kathy Carter. You're listening to Florida Matters. Coming up, the latest on the recovery effort in Sarasota County. That's when we return. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. We're talking about the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, the long road to recovery for communities impacted by the storm. The hurricane brought heavy flooding to the city of Northport in southern Sarasota County. When I spoke with City Communications Director Jason Bartolone Tuesday morning, he said the floodwaters were starting to recede, but some 30% of FPL customers in the city were still without power. A boil water notice was still in effect for the city, and even after hundreds of rescues over the last week, he said more people may still need to evacuate as they run out of basic supplies. The governor noted over the weekend that Northport had experienced some of the worst flooding in the state after Hurricane Ian. Just how bad has that flooding been? You know, this was a historic event. When you look at the magnitude of this storm and the amount of flooding that we experienced, um, we do have areas of Northport that are used to flooding. Um, and I think we had maybe a lot of residents who thought they might be able to ride out this storm. And now we're finding that a lot of those individuals are trapped in their homes and needed rescue. Uh, we performed over 800 rescues from Northport Fire Rescue and our partners that helped us. We experienced levels of water that we really have never seen before, that a lot of people here have never lived through before. This was a storm that was almost a category five. So um, it's been a challenge. We've had a lot of, you know, issues with getting to people and getting people to safety, but um, the good news is the water levels are receding and we're finally starting to catch up on the backlog of calls for emergency response and get back to a little bit of normal operations here, which is a good thing. How are the um, search and rescue or the emergency personnel doing? Like, did you have to call in folks from other places which weren't as badly affected to help out as well? We did. We're very thankful to have the partnership of many different agencies from around the state and really around the country that have sent in strike teams to help us to relieve our personnel. Uh, They were working around the clock um, leading up to the storm and then after the storm, as soon as it was safe to get back out there. Many of our men and women were working around the clock and and shifts, uh, you know, back to back. And so um, just to relieve them and to get some help Uh, We're very thankful to have the assistance of many other agencies. If you go around Northport, you'll see uh, police and fire vehicles from all different municipalities. We've had agencies from up in Tampa, Hillsborough County. We've had uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife sending airboats, and that's what needed. A lot of roads, that's the only way they've been passable is by boat, and the only way we've been able to get to people and get them out. 
by boat. So um, that's not a lot of equipment that we have, the high water vehicles. Um, you know, so having the assistance of other agencies has been tremendous. We've also had the National Guard here helping us with uh, safety and security and rescue missions and with the distribution sites that have been set up. So uh, it's really taken a, a, you know, collective effort from the county level, the state level, the federal level, all kinds of different partners that have come to help us. What about wind damage? Was that a big impact from this storm too? We did have some serious winds. Again, they were only a few miles an hour off from being classified as a category five wind. So um, the damage assessment is what has begun in the last day or two here, um, where that it's finally passable for the crews to get out onto the roads and it's safer. And so we have teams of individuals going out there are over 30,000 structures um, between homes and commercial structures that we've identified in the city. And all of those need to be visited and assessed um, to really get a sense of how widespread the damage and how serious it is. So we have crews of team teams of people going out and they do a, a visual assessment and take a look at, okay, is it partially damaged? Is there roof damage? What is the need? What is the scale of the need and the damage that um, we have here in North and that will help us with when we get to longer term assistance, you know, federal assistance um, and how folks are going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll get a better idea. It's going to take a, it's a big job. Obviously, um, we do have a map that we set up where people can self report. And just within a day, um, we've had almost a thousand responses from people who can at least put in some preliminary information to help us get a sense of how much damage there is. So what do residents need right now? Like what would you say the biggest need is and where can people get help? So uh, especially for those folks who lost power um, or who had to evacuate their homes, um, we're getting them to shelters. We still need anybody out there that we haven't been able to reach. If, if they're able to get out, they should get out. Um, if not, if they're stuck and now they're finding themselves without supplies because maybe they stocked up for a few days, but this may be an extended event and they're running low on supplies, our message to them is they need to get out. Mm -hmm. They need to be rescued. We're not going to be able to bring supplies to people who are stuck and surrounded by water. Um, it's just not going to be sustainable. Um, they need to get out because that is an emergency situation. Um, we're thankful to have with partnership from the county and the state, um, a point of distribution set up. Um, that's at the San Pedro Catholic Church on Tamiami Trail. And that's a site where people can drive up and get food, water, ice, and tarps, which is another big need. Um, that site has been resupplied. Some assets from around the state have been reallocated. And so we're very happy to have a full stock of supplies there that people can go during the day, um, just go in their car and get some of those immediate essential needs. So first we have to take care of those and then there'll be longer term assistance, obviously, and a lot more information to come out for where people can go mm -hmm. um, for help, um, you know, working with FEMA to try to rebuild and, and reestablish our community. That's Jason Bartolone, communications director for the city of Northport. For parts of Sarasota County, things are starting to return to some semblance of normal. Schools, for example, in northern Sarasota County are set to reopen next week, but it's expected to take another week for schools in the southern part of the county to reopen. Jamie Carson, Director of Communications for Sarasota County Government, says some 200 people remained in the county's general population shelter at Venice High School at the beginning of the week. She says for some residents, life will never be the same. Well, as of Tuesday morning, which is when we're recording this interview, the southern portion of the county 
was still marked red, and that means there's extensive damage, travel is limited to residents, and emergency services may not be available. Can you give me a sense of how things stand for that part of the county and just county-wide? So here at our Sarasota County Emergency Operations Center, we have representation from areas throughout our county. And just this morning, I was talking to the fire chief for the city of Northport, and he was providing an update on, on the city of Northport community and the impact there. The water seems to slowly be receding. Um, they are still very much in rescue operations with residents and community members that are, are stuck in their homes or stuck in areas that they can't get out of because of the, the, the water levels. So right now it's a very much a, a balancing act for the county and municipalities and our local law enforcement nonprofits, our faith-based and, and the state representatives we have here. Sarasota County covers 725 square miles. Our northern portions are already moving very much into recovery and storm debris and that focus, while we still are very much in rescue and emergency operations in the southern portion of our areas. How about power? What's the situation there? So, you know, when you think about where we started with FPL, who actually has a representative here, uh, we had over 280,000 uh, residents, uh, FPL customers out without power in Sarasota County. Uh, the most recent numbers were well under 70,000, but they're still waiting for some roadways to be able to access uh, those, those residents in our southern portion. How about shelters? How many shelters are still open in Sarasota County? So right now we have, uh, we have one main general population center and that's located at our Venice uh, High School. Yesterday we had about 200, just over 200 individuals that were still at this shelter. This is a location for individuals not just impacted by the, the actual path of Hurricane Ian, but this is also a place where people can seek refuge. If you're without power, you're without resources, um, and you just need to be uh, in AC for a little while, or you need to be around other people that know what you're going through, this is that location for, for our community members. We also have a different location that's focused on our medically dependent um, community members, where we have uh, access and we have met certain medical staff set up to, to assist them. So right now we have one that's for a general um, population community members and then one that's focused on our medically dependent community members. Where's the medical one? Is that in the same part of the county as well? It's in the same region. We, we had to, we actually had a different location that we had to move. That information, we don't necessarily, it's available if people, you know, if they need help, if they think they're, you know, they qualify that program, we recommend mm -hmm. that they call 311 and we'll provide them the details and, and make sure that they have access to that. But we really want to focus for our general community members to access that, that location at the Venice High School. Jamie, do you have a rough idea or do you know how long the county is going to have to keep its shelters open? You know, it depends. The timeline when you think about evacuation centers, it, it depends. So mm. whether it's at the evacuation center that we currently have established or whether we work with our faith-based partners and our other nonprofits to find um, additional locations for our community members, there's going to be resources available to the community as long as there's a need. It just might change a location. What do you think the biggest challenge is going to be for Sarasota County in the days and weeks ahead? So I think one of the biggest challenges for Sarasota County as a community is to recognize that that we have multiple communities that were hit at different levels of impact, right? You have our northern areas that are very much returning to normalcy, that are eager to get their debris cleaned up and to move on with their lives. And we are having community members in, in, in the southern portion of our county that life will never be the same. 
I think one of the challenges is to understand that while you might have power and frustrated that your, your debris hasn't been picked up and that the grass underneath it might be turning brown, it's to take stock and be thankful of what you do have. Because there are community members that are in the south portion of our county that simply don't even have homes anymore. That's Jamie Carson, Director of Communications for Sarasota County Government. And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. Special thanks to Kathy Carter, Kerry Sheridan and Jessica Mazaros for their help with this week's show. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.